What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brendan and Damo back on the show. Although Damo's walked away, he's kind of quiet on us for a second, so I'm sure he'll jump back here uh, in a second and jump in on the conversation. But today is Friday, June 2nd, and we have a special mm-hmm. guest, Mr. Frank Hanrahan, mm-hmm. formerly of NBC, NBC Sports Washington and WTOP. Frank, how's it going? Thanks for joining the program. Oh, anytime, man. How are you? Doing just great. Uh, yeah. So uh, oh, we talked a, a little bit before we started recording here, but out mm-hmm. of all the local media personalities, I felt like your opinion has been um, the most genuine and original over the years. Oh. And I feel like you really speak for a lot of the fans that have had the mm-hmm. the same frustrations and concerns that you have had. So you were mm-hmm. um, the, the first one that came to my mind that I'm thinking of local media personalities who actually oh have an opinion and maybe are able to have an opinion to come on. So I definitely appreciate you taking the time. Oh, no, that's very kind of you to say. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think that, you know, that's what we have to look forward to now with this this new regime, so to speak. Hopefully uh, they're very and fully aware that there is a uh, there's a lot of folks just like us who want this franchise to succeed and have waited a very long time for it to succeed. I know that I'm older than you, I'm sure. I actually remember when they won the championship. I was like six or five, maybe four. I don't know. But one of these <laughs> days, it'll happen. And I look, I mean, late 90s, I was thinking, man, you know, this is late 90s. I was thinking one of these days. And now it's 2023. And I'm like, one of these days. And let's let's hope that, you know, we'll, we'll see it sooner than later. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to get into some of the changes that we made. because, And you never know for sure. I think we try to tell ourselves like, well, there's no way it can get any worse. Um, but, you know, so, sometimes it can. But you, we yeah. would like to think that the Wizards are heading um, in a different direction. And it seems like new president of basketball operations, Michael Winger, is not wasting any time with making some personnel moves. But before we get into Winger and the mm-hmm. and what's to come, I sort of wanted to get your thoughts on the transition, uh, taking it back from when we went from Ernie Grumfeld to Tommy Shepard. What was your thoughts on that change and then your thoughts on Tommy's tenure overall? Yeah, I, you know, not to be, I told you so, but I felt like when they did that move, it was, well, it's somebody just like Ernie who learned under Ernie, was employed by Ernie for many years, uh, was the second guy in command with Ernie. And um, I, I didn't necessarily, it wasn't the biz, biggest fan of the move. I, thought Tommy was a decent enough guy, nice enough guy. He He's very good communicating with his players. He's very supportive of his players. But I just felt that what they're doing today is what they should have done, what, four or five years ago when they sort of pulled off that Band-Aid with Ernie Grunfeld and they sort of kept with the same philosophies that had put them in the situation to rid Ernie Grunfeld of his job. So, yeah, looking back, I wasn't the biggest fan of it and and. Quite frankly, I wasn't that dis- uh, I wasn't that um, surprised that they have struggled the last three or four years. Yeah, I don't think anyone really can be now. I think this past year specifically, I, me and Domo have said this countless times. Mm-hmm. They weren't supposed to be a, a title contender by any means, but to to keep these consistent type of years where they've been in the win range that they've been in, I think mm-hmm. they were probably supposed to be a little bit better than they were supposed to this year. And I just want to get your thoughts on sort of the the roster construction over the past couple of years. You know, they were able to get off Westbrook and bring in Kuzma. Um, They were able to bring in KP on, on, no matter what they decide to do with KP, that trade at the end of the day is still going to be a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, That Westbrook one too. 
but sort of the construction over the past mm-hmm. couple of years. And then obviously Winger has two big decisions this offseason with Kuzma and Porzingis. So I just want to hear mm-hmm. your thoughts on how you think that's been over the past couple of years and ultimately what would you do with those two guys this offseason? Uh, that's a tough question. I'll start with just the overall uh, roster construction. Uh, you know, the Johnny Davis deal was was not good. They're drafting basically a Bradley Beal. The draft was very curious the last three or four years where they're kind of sort of getting the same guy every other year. They get Kispert, who finally was starting to show some signs. Uh, Denny Avia is showing some signs. See, that's the problem. They're showing some signs. Can they put it all together? And then they traded away Rui Hachimura for basically nothing. And I think probably that's what ultimately did in Tommy Shepard was – Drafting Johnny Davis and trading Rui Hachimura. I think that was sort of like, okay, guy, we can't we can't do this anymore. We got to find somebody with a better uh, evaluation of these guys or a better understanding of how to deal a former first round pick for nothing, basically. And Rui's going to get paid in Los Angeles, and you see see what he did. As far as the season, man, disappointing. I thought that this was going to be the year that Bradley Beal sort of said, hey, okay, this is my team once and for all. I'm the highest paid player. I'm, you know, the max guy. I'm getting $50 million a year. I'm going to come out gangbusters, and I'm going to set the tone. This is how we're going to do things now. And he didn't. He didn't, you know, and and he was hurt, and he was sitting out, and then they sort of tried to tank at the end. And Like, you know, as a fan, I'm going, these guys are getting paid so much money, and their biggest three didn't play the last three weeks of the year, right? It was like, okay, we're going to bail it in. So. I, I thought really that Beal was going to be the guy. And and let's be honest, he basically was given the keys and the security pass to every outlet in the building, and he still kind of came out and had a very subpar season. Um, and maybe that was the other reason Tommy Shepard was let go too, the no-trade clause. I'm sure yeah. Ed Leonsis had to sign off on that as well, but Tommy obviously argued and said, we got to keep this guy. We can't let him go. No-trade clause. Okay. So those three things, the no trade clause for Beal, Rui, and Johnny Davis, that draft, I think that was what ultimately didn't Tommy Shepard. But again, getting back to your original question, the whole season as a whole, very disappointing because look, you get older and you look back and you go, oh man, we sort of just wasted that season. So I feel like it was a wasted season. As for Porzingis, as for Kuzma, look, they're great. They're very good. Not would say great. They're very good. But are they going to be able to, A, stay healthy? That's a big thing with Porzingis. Um, I, I like Kuzma to a degree. He's got to get better at closing and being more consistent. This is part of the development and part of the growth, which I would love to see with this new regime coming in. And and maybe that's why you know Shepard was given his walking papers too, because they didn't see that next step uh, in the foreseeable future for these guys as a big three, right? As a big three. I don't know what I would do if I was the management now. I really don't know if I would keep Kuzma. I argued back in during the trade deadline they should have shipped Kuzma off for a couple of draft picks, first rounders maybe, but they didn't mm-hmm. do that. So maybe that shows you that I'm not the biggest Kuzma fan. But Porzingis, if he's healthy, can be a monster. And that's a big right. if. It's a big if. Well, a couple of things there that you touched on. And uh, the first one, you know, the, the Bradley Beal, the no trade clause. I think the last player that we saw have that in the NBA mm-hmm. was, I believe, Carmelo Anthony when he was re-upping with the Knicks. And – uh-huh. I think that the level of player that 
Carmelo Anthony was at the time. And I mean, this was a guy that was totally mm -hmm. dedicated to New York at the time, um, had yeah. some big moments for them. And I think that level of player was just much better than the version of Bradley Beal in which the Wizards yeah. gave that money to. And mm -hmm. it's tough when trying to gauge how much accountability you want to give to Beal because at the end of the day, he didn't pay himself. He didn't <laughs> give himself you no know, trade yeah. clause. So it's like trying to... Yeah. Because he's a fine player. And again, he's just mm -hmm. not an alpha. And that's where we're missing John Wall. Because yeah. John Wall was always the alpha of those teams where Beal had more of a backseat role. And, and I think there was maybe kind of a rift there for a little bit because they were saying that they were two alphas and they both wanted the ball. But under these Bradley Beal-led teams, we made the playoffs one time. And, and we right. got blown out by the Sixers. So it's like – and I know that mm -hmm. he hasn't had the, the best of teams – but still, like the optics around that are not good at all. So I, I definitely see like the fan frustration with Beal. But mm. at the end of the day, I think that if we're being real about it, he wasn't just all of a sudden going to take this next level. Um, he, Bradley Beal yeah. has just kind of always yeah. been the player that he's been, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, like the last two years, was it three years ago he averaged 30, basically? Yeah, yeah. Average, yeah, average 30 a game. And then two years later, he averages 22 and 23. I just think he can be better. I think yeah. he can be better. And that's the challenge. And I just don't feel like he would. He didn't look like he was being challenged. It's hard to self-motivate at times. That's where the coaching staff comes in. And we haven't even touched on the team keeping the uh, current coach. I mean, how's that going to work? Right. That's going to be interesting. So. I would just right. love to see Bradley Beal, if possible, because I think he's capable taking that next step. Because he showed it. Um, 30 points a game. That's crazy. That's crazy. Right. Um, it, it, into context, he was playing with legit bums. So that was, <laughs> at that point, there was no other option. As to this team, yeah. where you have three 20-point game scores, but there's still an argument to be made that um, mm -hmm. Beal didn't show up enough. That I, I can remember he had the, the takeover game this year against the, the Timberwolves in the clutch. But outside of that, that I really great. can't yeah. remember any Bradley Beal moments. Uh, Dama, mm -hmm. before we get on any further, we can touch on Wes in a second and get into – uh, Michael Winger and what's to come, but is there anything you wanted to add or any question that you wanted to ask Frank before we move on? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, there we go. Okay. Is there anything that um, you wanted to add real quick before we move on? Uh, yeah, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say in regard to the, to the, to the last four years, uh, you know, with with with, uh, with Tommy, I just always felt like he he would take two steps forward with a mm -hmm. trade, and then he would take three steps back with a with a poor draft pick or another trade. You know, like with the 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 Monte Morris Barton uh, swap for for you know KCP, and now you're watching KCP go on to the finals and be a key contributor for them. And then, like you mentioned, uh, with with Rui. You know, he was he was productive here. He's probably the most productive young player you had on your roster. And then you ship him off for some second round eighth graders. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, yeah. And then I'm sure Ted is watching Rui go, you know, 50, 60, 90 in the playoffs, you know, as a key contributor for the Lakers. And it's just like at some point <laughs> the rubber got to meet the road. So sure. Sure. Yep. Um, and you did bring up a good point, Frank, the decision mm -hmm. to keep Wes on Sell Jr. Now, I'll 
I'll say this, that if it obviously took a while for Michael Winger to get hired. So, and at this point, by the time he was hired, most of the coaching candidates kind of had an idea of where I think they were going to end up. So they would have been a little late to the party and it's like, okay, do you want to give, um, do, do you want to can West now? And maybe you miss out on the crop of candidate that you want, or do you want to maybe go into the season with your coaching staff heading into the draft? You have your off season programs probably already planned out a decent bunch um, Go into the season and 15, 20 games in, if he's not getting it done, well then maybe you make a mm -hmm. Chris Finch, Quinn Snyder type hire and you hire someone in the middle of the season that um, you can mm -hmm. have under contract for the next four years or so. But um, I, I did want to get your thoughts, Frank, on mm -hmm. Wes Sunsell Jr. Over the past couple years, uh, do you think he's the guy? Would you have already moved off from him? And sort of what do you think the potential is for him with this team going forward? Yeah, that's a great question, man. I would say um, with basically how they're cleaning house, it probably would have been the right time to do that this year. Uh, and start with the new management with uh, the guy that they wanted because they're basically hiring all these new people except for a very important cog and your head coach. Look, I'm sure Wes Unsell Jr. is a, a really nice guy. I keep saying that about people. <laughs> but, hey, look, you got to win. You're paid a lot of money. And I, I, I really want the accountability factor to be taken in. When I heard Wes, and, and God bless him, he said, we're interested in process over results, okay? And when I hear that, that's the type of stuff I hear from my daughter's soccer team, right? right. Who's at right. 10 years old. This is the big leagues. This is wood bats. Do not insult us by saying that. You say, you know, my job is to win. That's it. It's simple. And when we heard the process over results at the end of the season, like, hey, how did you think you guys did? That made me want to puke. Like it made me just like, ah, can't, don't say stuff like that because you're paid a ton of money to win games, to get better. They took a step back. So to answer your question, I would have moved on from him this year and, and rebooted everything like they seem to be doing everything else except for the head coach. Um, and I don't know what the identity is of a West Unsell junior team. I, I really don't know. Uh, to your point about bringing in a point guard with Monte Morris and Will Barton, that was a disaster. I, I think they need to improve their, their point guard position. And that, obviously that's an extension of the head coach a little bit, even though the NBA has changed. So I don't know. And maybe you can answer that for me. What is the identity of a West Unsell coach basketball team? I don't think we have one. And that's, that's cause for concern moving into year three. Yeah, because, I mean, going back to, to his first year, I mean, the, the identity mm -hmm. was low-scoring games, we're going to play a lot of defense, and then we're just, we have better offense in the clutch because Beal and Dinwiddie and um, Dinwiddie, yeah, oh Kyle Kuzma right. oh. hitting in the clutch. Uh, Montrezl Harrell right. looked like an MVP candidate. I mean, that mm -hmm. was one heck of a team to start the year. You go 10-3, uh, and three, and then after that, it just all fell uh, apart, and it really seemed like they haven't had – and mm -hmm. identity. And, and I think what's been hard about that is they keep drafting guys that can only do one or two things, but then Correct. they're polar opposites of each other. Like you draft any Abdia who can run in transition mm -hmm. and not really a shooter can play defense. And then you draft mm -hmm. Corey Kispert who can't play defense at all and strictly probably only going to be a spot shooter long term on a contributing team. So it's like yeah. it's hard to build an identity when you keep bringing mm -hmm. in different types of guys and there's no flexibility to their game. These are guys that can only do one or two things decently yeah. and, and they just don't do uh, enough things well mm -hmm. enough. No, that's right. No, that's absolutely right. It just doesn't seem like there's any, there was ever any marriage between front office 
uh, in coaching in scheme. Cause, cause like you said, like you, it, so I was kind of talking about this the other day. Like if you look at their last four picks, it's like each pick looks like it was done by a different GM. Um, and then, you know, you got yeah. a head coach that has, has said multiple times, he doesn't like to run fast pace. So he thinks that a slower pace helps the defense. So it's like, okay, well, how does that help Denny, who's a horrible half-court player? Mm-hmm. So, so it makes sense that Denny is getting benched for Anthony Gill and, and Corey Kispert, who are, you know, can function better in a half-court set because that's what the head coach wants right. to run. And it's just like, where's the marriage between front mm-hmm. office and the type of player they're trying to find based mm-hmm. on what the coach is trying to execute on the floor? It's just like, it's all over the place. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Great point. I can't argue with any of that, and that's where we we stand today. Where, uh, yeah, I, I I would say if you have a new, and if I'm Wes, I'm I, I know that my my clock is ticking, right? I gotta I gotta figure out a way to get this thing to to be successful, and we'll see what they do with these free agents this off season. We'll see what they do with the draft, but yeah, I mean he's got to be thinking I got to win in the like you said first fifteen twenty games. I'm on the clock. I'm on the clock. Uh, moving forward now, we did obviously hire um, Michael Winger as the president of basketball mm. operations, and he will oversee the the go-go and the Mystics as well. And then the he did hire Travis Schlenk of the Atlanta Hawks mm. to be their VP of um, player personnel, where he will oversee both pro personnel and um, college departments, where, as I believe before, um, I think Neil DeLaw tweeted this, that the departments had been kind of separated. So now that we have someone to oversee mm-hmm. both departments and someone who is a legit talent evaluator, both <laughs> pro and college personnel, I think that's something we can be very excited about. Um, what have you made so far uh, specifically of those two moves? And then the idea that they're also going to bring in a new GM. Yeah, I would say what I like the most about it. Now I have zero idea. I know the guys' resume. I, you know, I don't know really anything about them except what they've done in their stops with the Clippers and and with the Hawks and yada yada. But the fact that they're outside of the organization is a good sign to me. Uh, not going the route of of bringing in somebody that you, you're familiar with. Uh, he had to earn it through obviously the interview process and getting in there. But they must really like this guy if they're giving him that power to hire other people. So. There's something to this, I hope, as Wizards fans, that uh, he does have that power. And I go back to just the curious notion that, you know, Wes is staying and he has to sort of wade his way around that for now to find other people. So he's director of player, but pro personnel he's hired. He's got to hire a GM. So it sounds like this guy's got a lot of control, which is good. And I like the fact that he is, like I said, from outside of the organization, new fresh eyes coming in. And, and setting the tone for for the future. So I do like that aspect of it. Besides that, I'm not exactly sure if anything else is work with the Clippers. I mean, he's been in the league for a long time, I'm talking about winger. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's I, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing, right, is like we don't know exactly yeah, what's no going idea. to happen. Yeah. We don't know the direction that they're going to go in. And I did want to ask you because mm. I know you talked about needing a point guard, and we obviously have the draft coming up later this month. Have you paid attention to any of the prospects, any mock drafts? Are there any players you have in mind that you would like to use with this eighth pick? Mm. And if you don't, um, do you at least have an idea of what type of player or position you would like them to target? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Do not get another uh, wing guard. <laughs> Please stop it. <laughs> I mean, look, God bless Johnny Davis, but that was just – it's going to take years for him to be decent. And I, I saw a lot of people getting a little too excited at the end of last year when he would actually make a couple baskets. Uh, he, he's <laughs> – sorry, I'm not trying – he's oh, so gosh. far off. Like, I can't believe they drafted him. Like, it's just – it's mind-numbing how ill-prepared he was for the NBA. Uh, so just don't draft another one-trick pony like they have. And I remember when they drafted Davis, they were like, "Yeah, he's he's just he's got that it factor. He's like a mini Bradley Beal." And the moment we all saw him play in summer league, we're like, "Oh my God, he's just a step slow. He's just not he's not ready." So he's got to do some serious work if he wants to break into the rotation. But they need, uh, yes, they definitely need a point guard. Uh, I, I think Morris is better suited coming off the bench. Don't draft a swing guard. I don't watch that much college basketball these days, so I can't really give you any names where I go, oh, yeah, that's the guy. And plus these, these other kids that are playing in the G League, right? They go to the G League right away, and they're available to be drafted. So I don't know that much about prospects, but sure. I would say no swing guards, but point guard, yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that Domo and I, and I'll let him get on this because he's more of the, the draft expert than I yeah. am here. But I think we're kind of, we have an open mind about this just because we think eventually they may not do a, a, a full fire sale rebuild this summer, but I think they're going to inch toward going that direction. And so I think at that point, you kind of have to be open to all positions. I think the only one that we said that we'd be kind of turned off with is taking center as high as we're picking. But mm -hmm. outside of that, I think that we've been pretty open to all possibilities. Mm -hmm. I think, wouldn't you say? Okay. Nice. Yeah, you get, you gotta, I, I think at this point now, I mean, we're still, the team is so talent starved. I, I don't think there's any like young guy you can look at and say, okay, he could be the best player or top three player on the team two, three, four, five years from now. So you, you got to go star hunting, I think. Uh, some type of player with any type of play, uh, you know, play creation for himself or others, um, I, I would start there. So whether that's a, a, a point guard or a small forward, a power forward, uh, if he can put that ball on the floor and, and get into the paint, create for others, um, score the ball, I, I think I would lean that, that direction because – I just wouldn't feel good about them trying to draft for Bradley Beal or draft for KP or draft for Kyle Kuzma because there's no guarantee any of those guys are going to be here in the next two, three right. years. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, again, it's, I know that you mentioned that we needed a point guard, and lucky for us, there's going to be a lot of point guards uh, in that range. We have Anthony mm -hmm. Black, we have Nick Smith Jr., we have Jalen hood Shafino, so um case and wallace yeah. that there's four point guards right mm -hmm. there that you could arguably see the wizards taking i think mm -hmm. that the player that we've kind of grown more fond of and i think wizards twitter has grown fond of recently is Bilal Koulibaly, who played with um victor wambanyama um overseas and i, oh, and okay. I think that that's a player that damo yeah. had been kind of hinting at someone that can create for himself Mm -hmm. um, can create for others. He's long, athletic as hell, like easy athleticism. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think that that's a guy right now that um, I think that the, the Wizards should definitely consider taking at number eight. And he's mm -hmm. going to be he's going to be a wing. Um, you know, I know you say you didn't mm -hmm. want to take 
that type of guy, Frank, you know, but I, I go watch his highlights. I'm telling okay. you, this, and he's only 18 years old. Oh, wow. He's okay. Only 18, so, nice. um, oh. Damo, is there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I was going to stay on the, on the Johnny, on the Johnny Davis pick. I, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I mean, cause I obviously voiced my, <laughs> my, my concerns with him because in college, you know, he was a great scorer, but you know, a lot of his shots were like contested shots. He didn't look like he was, he had an elite first step. So I'm just like, okay, you're going to the NBA. You're kind of like this average athlete. You kind of thrive off mid range and contested tough shots. These athletes don't get easier on the next level. Correct. And then it was just like exactly yeah. that when he when he showed up in summer league. Yeah. Um, but it's like I, I, when he when he when uh, I think it was Waj that put out a tweet like after we took him, and it, and it the, the verbiage of it referred to him uh, as being a point guard. And I'm like, okay, right. who, remember that? Yeah. Who, who told it? Like that had to yeah. come from the Wizards until to make sure that that was put in there, that language. And then he got on like 106, uh, seven, the fan. And they mentioned him playing some point guard and he, and Johnny was like, uh, yeah, I guess I could do that. You know, but it was just like, it was like, he didn't get the memo yeah. That, yeah. that he was gonna be playing some point guard this year. So that, yeah. that was hilarious to me. Yeah, no, that was unfortunate because he was not, quite frankly, they redraft now. He's probably not a first-round pick. Maybe not, not Not trying to harp on it. He may not even got gotten drafted with the way that he's performed. Um, so, I, yeah, what will the new uh, new people do, the new management do with, with his development? It's got to be – it's got to be really uh, – <laughs> it's going to be quite the challenge to get him up to snuff because how much – Hey, look, we all have our, our limits. How much can they push him to get a better first step, better footwork, to be quicker? Because and his 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 jumper too. It's like taking all different forms. I've seen him with his legs together. I've seen him with them out. Uh they, they they're gonna have to earn their money if they're gonna make him salvage his career because you know, it was not the greatest start, which was unfortunate. And as everybody in their rookie contracts coming October, they're going to by October, they're going to have to make a decision whether or not to give him that third year. So I'm interested in oh, wow. seeing how uh, yeah. Michael Winger and that uh, department yeah. staff or the pro personnel, how they view him going forward. Do they view mm -hmm. him being a, a more long term piece? Now, look, maybe they give him a third year because, look, it won't be that expensive. You want to give the, the player a fair mm -hmm. shake. Um, so I could see them giving him a third year, but he's got to have it together by the end of this year or else when it comes time mm. not this october but next october for his fourth year he's not going to see yeah. it and he's going to be a free agent and it's going to be hard for him to find a home from there so if he was going to make any kind of leap we have mm -hmm. to see it this upcoming season and look and there is there is hope because i mean you look at some of the role players on the heat right those guys have stepped up and hit some big shots and had some big moments and they were sort of cast off from other teams uh so there is hope to get better to improve and confidence is 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 a lot to do with your success in this league. So I'm rooting for him. I, I really am. I just I, I I I just still can't believe that they sort of got the wool pulled over their eyes when it came to his selection. But again, I'm hoping he gets better. I'm rooting for him. And we'll just we'll just see what happens. Absolutely. Um is there anything Frank that you wanted to add or any other topics that you wanted to discuss today before we cut this one? Uh yeah I, I think it's just to reiterate it's okay to uh to be very hopeful and to be critical at the same time. I think that uh 
there are there are some Wizards fans that are, that are out there. You guys, <laughs> we still care, and they have a chance to really become relevant once again. And I hope that they can start taking those steps. And you know, I'm getting older, and I and I I played basketball at a very small level, but I re- I can still remember having pride in being sucky, right? And I didn't like sucking, and it always annoyed me that my teams weren't the greatest. And if I had a chance to do it again, I'd, I'd really want to emphasize, hey, I don't want my legacy to be average. And I think that's the challenge for some of these players on this on this team, specifically Bradley Beal. I don't want my legacy to be average. Hey, I got paid a lot of money, but at the end of the day, I was uh, I could have been better. So I, that's, I think that's what I want to leave you with is this year they have a challenge to get better and to bring us back in and to actually give us some hope for the future. So I'll leave it on that. That works. Right. Yeah. I think that that's an excellent place to leave it off. Uh, Damo, is there anything you want to add? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would just say, you know, I'm I'm in my 30s, and the <laughs> fact that this is the first time that I'm going to see a legitimate front office structure right. is, is hilarious. Like, I, I, re- I vividly yeah. remember the Michael Jordan GM mm-hmm. to play years or the West Unsell Senior yeah. GM years and uh, then mm-hmm. the Ernie 16 years. Like, I... I Oh, like it, it's a breath of fresh air and it may not even work. It might just yeah. fall flat yeah. on the face. But <laughs> just the fact that they're finally doing it correctly. Uh, right. You know, uh, you know, uh, president, VP of player scouting and then a GM like it's great. It's great. I hope it works. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Well, that's where we'll go ahead and leave it off for Mm -hmm. today. I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening Mm -hmm. to another episode. If you're not already subscribed, please make sure that you are rate us five stars, leave us a kind review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.